0: We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Right. When I started preparing this back at end of November, beginning of December, I really felt that God put some things on my heart. And then since then, every week when somebody's spoken, somehow they've stolen a little bit of my notes. So I can only think that God is confirming something and has something for us to to take away from this today. So Storms and Battles, I think it was certainly a familiar theme in the worship this morning, but over the last year we've seen in the songs that the theme of Storms and Battles has been quite repetitive. Um, So Storms and Battles is the short title for this morning. Could alternatively be positioning an identity during life's hardship or living life from a place of, re- of rest regardless of our circumstances. So as I see it, storms are things and circumstances in life that we have no control over, that they're outside of ourselves. Okay? They're, they're bigger than us, they come, sometimes they come unexpectedly, sometimes we can anticipate them, we see them coming. Um, in, uh, I come from Northern Ireland and I grew up on the coast. And I went to school. Um, m- my kids describe my school like Hogwarts. It's an old castle that was converted into school on a cliff top, overlooking the bay. So sometimes it was a bit hard to concentrate in lessons. And if I looked across the bay from Port Stewart out to the Donegal Hills... You could see, it could be the sun could be shining in Port Sturt, but over the Donegal Hills, there could be this dark cloud looming. And you could watch it roll over, and you knew it was only a matter of time before that rain started hitting the castle windows and distracted you from your French lesson or whatever it was. So sometimes we can anticipate those storms and that bad weather coming in, or sometimes it's from bad choices that we make that we sail into bad weather, but storms are those circumstances beyond our control. And so what we need in a storm are anchors and places of refuge. Now, battles, I think, is a different positioning. And for me, most of my battles are internal battles. And John was talking about this last week, that most of those battles start in the mind. And certainly I believe that the most significant battles that we face are internal ones. And so if we're going to face battles, then we need to be a bit prepared. And for that we need armour and we need weapons. And as I've discovered, it's totally possible to have a battle in the midst of a storm. In fact, if you're in the midst of the storm, circumstances beyond your control, then it's very, very possible that you're also facing a battle internally. Okay. So it's important to know what's a battle and what's a storm, and this can help us determine our, our positioning. So in the middle of the storm, what anchors can hold us in those storms? So I love this verse. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. So at the cross, the curtain was torn. Jesus went beyond into that place of, holy, of holies where previously in the temple only the priests could go. And he went before us so that we could go. Okay? So our anchor is in what he did in the cross. Okay? It's in him going before us. So assurance of our salvation, that is an anchor. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abide in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So hope, um, I don't know if you look up the symbol for hope, it is an anchor. And so when we can look through those verses about hope, those are the things that anchor us. So it's the God of hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. So it's the salvation... That is that anchors us, and it's his Holy Spirit that empowers us and gives us that hope. Find rest, O oh my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. When we have an anchor in him, we can come into a place of rest. When our anchor, when we know that sure foundation of our salvation, When we are empowered by his holy spirit we can come into that place of rest regardless of the circumstances blessed is the man who fears the lord who finds great delight in his commands he will have no fear of bad news his heart is steadfast trusting in the lord his heart is secure he will have no fear in the end he will look in triumph on his foes so the fear of the lord is an anchor for our soul. So we all know the story, I assume most people know the story, of Jesus calming the storm. And when the storm whips up, where is Jesus in the boat? Where is he? He's sleeping. He knows that place of rest in the storm. He's not afraid because his anchor is secure. He knows who he is. And I completely relate with the disciples in that absolute sense of terror and panic at those waves, because realistically, they look terrifying, don't they? But actually, what do we know? He calms the storm with one word. He is the master of those waves. And we know the master of those waves, and he is our anchor in the storm. Knowing this, (coughs) that he is at rest in the storm, Jesus, and he has authority over the storm. And knowing this can anchor us when things seem beyond our control. So that's anchors. And what about that place of refuge? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. So about maybe almost 10 years ago, I had a dream one night and it actually was a bit of a nightmare. And in that dream, I was running away from something really terrifying and really evil and it was just surrounding me, and I was absolutely petrified. But I saw in this dream this old medieval tower, just like just a single tower, and I ran into that tower. And I remember in the dream that there were some other people in the tower with me, and certain faces, um, and Daniel and I were in the tower, and two of the faces that I remember specifically were Mark and T. Baden. So didn't really have much significance for me at the time. Of course, they're very significant. But wasn't that significant to me at the time. And there was other parts of the dream, and God spoke to me about other things and about overcoming fear and how he sees um, my fear as a child no bigger than fear as an adult and he, in different ways. In other parts of the dream, he spoke to me at the time, but there was parts of the dream I didn't really understand. Fast forward quite a few years later... And I was facing a storm in my life, and we were facing a storm. And I suddenly remembered this dream. And I thought, we need to run into a strong tower. We need to run into that place of refuge. And Mark and T, you need to get them to come and pray with you. And actually, now, at this time, they were our group leaders. So it felt it was good to call them around to pray. And we chose, through, for actually a number of months during that storm, to every week pray with them. Because as we declared the name of the Lord... We came into our strong tower, that place of refuge. We had no control of the storm outside, but we could come into that place of safety. We could come into that place of refuge. And, uh, and in one of those times, T had a, word, a picture of a lighthouse. I think maybe Daniel shared this picture before. But that lighthouse... In the storm and she said you're in the lighthouse and um, the devil's just putting on a show outside and those those windows are secured you're secure you're safe in the lighthouse and um, but the other thing that we raised realized about a lighthouse the lighthouse not just a place of refuge it's a place of purpose that the light shines out hope and guidance for others even in the midst of the storm and so that we were able to take hold of not just that place of refuge, but that sense of, of purpose in the midst of the storm. God is our refuge, ver- ever refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. These are just some of the, f- the verses that have been important to me in, that, in seeking that place of refuge. And in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge. He is my refuge and my fortress. He will cover you with feathers. Now, I always thought that meant... You know, like the picture of a bird and their young underneath. But recently I heard this that actually they think, or some people think, that the psalmist was referring to the Ark of the Covenant. And this is a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. Um, and those wings, underneath of the wings, was called the mercy seat of God. And that's where the, the presence of God was thought to dwell. And this just made me think oh my goodness, place of refuge. Is God's mercy is a place of shelter for us. The mercy that he's shown upon us is his place of shelter for us and that's where his presence dwelled. In his presence we are secure. So I think you'll remember a couple of years ago um, the hurricanes that hit Do- um, St. Martin and then Dominica a little some time after that and the morning that um, Hurricane Irma was hitting St. Martin, I woke up with a real sense of urgency to pray for them. And um, I just thought, um, some of you will have met Norma from St. Martin, and we've had the privilege of having her in our home, so I thought, let me just message Norma. And, and I thought, actually, the message is not going to get through. Probably the Internet's dying, it won't get through. Um, so I just Facebook messaged her and said, I'm praying for you, are you safe? And almost immediately I got this phone call through messenger back through and I could hear this roaring in the background and Norma's voice didn't sound like Norma. I've never heard anyone so terrified in my life. She said, get people praying. I think my roof's going to come off. Get people praying. This is worse than what we anticipated. And um I was actually heading to Lifeline House, so I was able to tell them in the office, and they were able to put out a call to prayer, and we came together at different points. We've come together, where the call of prayer's gone out, and we've raised up the name of Jesus. We've declared him Lord over the storm, master over the wave, and as we came together in prayer, we raised up that place of shelter around Norma, virtually, so although there's nothing we could do about the physical storm. And her home was no longer a place of shelter. There was a place of shelter in God that she could come into. And she threw her anchor as she made that phone call. She threw her anchor and said, pray for me because I know that will hold me fat. And we prayed. And we've done this in many situations. More recently, that's what we've done with baby Mile. We raised up that refuge place for Daniel and Abigail and their family as we came together and prayed. So... So that's storms. What about on the battlefield? The battlefield of our mind. So I've got a little table here. Won't necessarily go in detail through everything. It's good to know your enemy if you're going to fight a battle. Okay? But to fight, we need armour and we need weapons. And I've just highlighted some of the, the weapons of the enemy that I've had to fight, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with at, at different times. So fear, anxiety, the accuser. The next one, despair, bitterness, shame. There's many more. There could be many other things. I'll just go back a second. Of enemies that we've had to to face. Are those some of those familiar to you or is it just me? Are they familiar? Yeah? So these are just some of the weapons and the armor that I felt that God has shown me. Um, And there, there may be, I'm sure there's many other things. Fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Love is a weapon. Um, When I used to read this verse to start with, I used to think of, if God just loves me more, then I won't be fearful. But God showing us his love is him handing us the weapon. It's only when we love that we take hold of the weapon and use it, that it's really effective. Just just feeling that, oh God, love me, love me, love me, is not using his weapon. We have to do more than just experience his love. We have to take hold of that weapon and use it. So it's about love in action. And our armour is, God's with us. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We are not alone, he goes with us, he is our protection. Anxiety, we know from Philippians 4.16 that prayer and thanksgiving are weapons against that enemy Anxiety. We have to choose to use our weapons. They're all there available for us. God has them there available for us, but we have to take, make a choice to take hold of them and use them. And what's His promise? What does He protect with us, us with? The peace of God that transcends all understanding. So, that voice of the accuser, when it comes saying you're not good enough or you failed there, what is it that we can fight with? Well, there's repentance if we have done wrong. And there's that salvation that he has already done for us. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. So stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, take the helmet of salvation. Um, My mum, all my life I remember, most mornings she prays, puts her hand on the bed and on her chest, and she prays the armor of God from Ephesians 6. She prays it in place. And she just thinks, I need to be equipped for the day. I need to pray these things in place over myself. There's a position of readiness even before we hit battles. That place of despair, when hope is lost, is that place of, actually, he drew me out of the pit and put a new song in my mouth. That place of praise comes against that place of despair. There's choices we have to make in that. The hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, the being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, God showed me a picture about the garment of praise in in Isaiah 60, and I I often said, it talks about us bestowing on them a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And um, so that's for those of us who may be not in a place of despair and seeing that others amongst us in a place of despair, I think, well, what's my garment of praise? Do I just go and sing over them? What do I do? And through a series of pictures, um, God just showed me that that he took my rags and he transformed them to a garment of praise. And I can now clothe those in despair with that garment of praise. My testimony of what God did in my life, the transformation of my rags, became my garment of praise. And that testimony... I can declare over those in that place of despair. So sometimes armour is what we do for each other. Sometimes we have to take armour on ourselves and sometimes we have to equip each other with armour. So bitterness, I, somebody spoke once on, on uh, this and said actually there's no such word as unforgiveness, it's bitterness and I thought oh, I really don't want that to grow in, that's taking deep root and uh, our weapon is forgiveness and proverbs 4:23 says above all else guard your heart and i always feel that can be used in many ways that first but i feel there's but above all else guard my heart against bitterness god do not let that grow in my heart because that is such an evil weapon of the enemy because we've known his forgiveness, we can live in that place of forgiving others. God promises us that, he will, that those who trust in him he'll never put to shame. And again in Isaiah 60 it talks about instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. And it goes on to say, for he has clothed me in garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. There was an old song from a long time ago, I'm, I'm covered over in the precious blood of Jesus. In in that place of salvation, in that death on the cross, he covered our shame. And if we live in the goodness of that, the enemy can't touch us. So, on the battlefield, I would suggest that the enemy's greatest weapon is isolation. Preying on our weaknesses. If he can divide us, if he can get one off on their own, they're weak. Because in a battle, an army comes together, they fight the, in, in a kind of, they have a strategy, they come together and they fight, but one on their own is likely to be picked off quite quickly and quite easily. And so our greatest strength when we face battles, whether they're internal or external, is his presence and his people, is that coming together. His presence and his people are our greatest weapon. One of the other weapons I've experienced when fighting internal battles is the weapon of worship. And I know during some of the storms and, and fighting internal battles in the midst of those storms, some of, we had a, a playlist which we named Hope Filled, and we played it over and over and over again. And many of the songs, even songs we sung this morning, were on that playlist. And there's a real strength in worship. It's one of the the weapons that that God has given us in fighting those internal battles. So, just a very, very quick, I'm not going to go through all of these, but you'll recognise some of these songs we sung today. You've been faithful through every storm. We sang that. You are strong, Lord, and always faithful. You rule the stormy sea. You calm its angry waves. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Sing praise to you, God. You are my fortress. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. This is a good verse. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. So, Take up your position. You need to know what your position is. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord, the Lord will give you. And as they began to sing and praise... As they began to sing and praise, that that was a weapon. There's, there's quite a few stories in the Bible where, where worship, they went round the walls of Jericho, wasn't it? And they made an awful racket and worshipped, and the walls came down. Like God fights for us, but we're called to take up this weapon of worship. You surround me with songs of deliverance from my enemies. Other songs. Battle in the grave, the war on death was waged. So that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Some of these songs, they're they're weapons in our hands. We can take them and wield them against the enemy. So for me, when, when anxiety and fear took hold of me, worship became one of my weapons. It became that place And Psalm 23, one of the songs that we've sung on Psalm 23, was one of those important songs. And I remember standing in our living room at different points with it on YouTube, on the TV, and just really declaring and coming into that place, I'm not alone. He is my refuge. He's my strength. He goes before me. We can declare those things. So one of the other things that God challenged me or felt to do was write Psalms, because I love the psalmist. I love the fact that he's so honest, and he (coughs) shouts at God sometimes, and says, this is awful, how can I possibly go on, this is a terrible situation. He tells God how it is, but then he doesn't stop there. He says, but you, God, but God, and he sees it. And I just wanted to share with you one of the psalms that I wrote in the midst of a stormy season. How long, O Lord, must we face this storm? The wind and the waves intimidate me in the darkness of the night. How long, O Lord, will this battle rage against me? I feel worn down by the fight, and my armour feels heavy to me. Yet you are my strong hour, to you I run for refuge, my lighthouse in the storm. You shine light and reveal the dangers, you keep me safe within. You renew my strength in battle. I take up your weapons of truth and your promises. My strength is renewed. I sing praises because you put joy within me. A new song in my mouth. I will declare you are my hope, my strength and my refuge. I feast in your presence as the storm rages and revel at your banquet on the battlefield. I trust in you. I will not be shaken. That banquet on the battlefield from Psalm 23 I'll feast in the presence of my enemies. And I've experienced that sense of fear and anxiety taking hold so much that actually physically not being able to eat or physically not being able to keep food down. And so it actually became a real battle, that internal battle against fear and anxiety. And as I feasted in his presence, as I feasted on God's word that I saw that physical battle overcome as well and was able to keep food down physically because I, I was able to fight that anxiety and that fear. So just before the summer, God gave me these three words, rest, reflect, refresh. And, uh, and, and started reflecting on that place of living life from a place of rest regardless of your circumstances. Like Jesus in the storm. He didn't have to wait until the storm was calm before he rested. He could rest in the storm. And I want to be able to rest and be at peace in the midst of a storm. One of the verses I've always loved is, Be still and know that I am God. And sometimes we just hear that verse just like that, in isolation. And we think, oh, that's a good verse. Be still and know that I am God. How can I be still in the midst of the storm? If you read the whole psalm, Psalm 46... It starts, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help and trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea. And it goes on and, and everything crumbles and there's storms and there's battles and da-da-da-da-da. It goes on and on and on and then it says, be still and know that I am God. It's in the midst of storms and battles that we can be still and know his peace. But that is possible. Sometimes the aftermath of the storm, though, I was chatting to... Um, Godfrey on Friday night, and hearing following the cyclone that they faced last year, and he's saying it's going to be about five years of rebuilding, so the storm can pass, and actually, yet there's still this time of hardship that we have to deal with, and uh, I felt, oh, I need to reflect. God, give me this word, reflect. I need to reflect and think back on what I've come through, and think. Oh, yes, what can I learn and dwell on it and think? And um, I'd gather together some people, and Charlotte Smith happened to be there. and She happened to just come along with Tanya because she was doing some art stuff with Tanya. And um, she said, Oh, I've just got a picture about this word reflect. And I was thinking about it. It means I'll reflect back on things, and I'll see what I've learned. What can I learn from them? And she had this picture of um, a jetty going out into a lake. And she said, I see, I see standing on the jetty. And when you look in the lake, and it's very, very still, you get a good reflection of yourself. But when the ripples come, and the ripples get bigger, you get a distorted reflection of yourself. I thought, when you look at your circumstances and you reflect your circumstances, you get a distorted view of your identity. And Charlotte said, no, because you, you need to look at God. Your identity needs to be in God." And I thought, yeah, I can't just reflect on what's been. I have to reflect on who God was in the midst of the storm. I have to reflect from a place of thankfulness. I have to reflect and recount his hand in the storm, not the circumstances themselves. Because actually, I want to reflect him. I don't want to reflect the circumstances. Because then even in the aftermath, what will I do? Self-pity? Could I fight fear again that this could happen again? What could happen if I reflect the circumstances rather than him? And as we rest in him and as we reflect him, he brings us into that place of refreshing. So it's all about living in his presence and reflecting him. So, when we reflect our circumstances, I think we become slaves. We actually become slaves to the enemy of fear. Or maybe we become slaves to the circumstance itself. Anxiety, illness, cancer, whatever the circumstance is, I become a slave to that. Or I could become a slave to the attack from the enemy in that circumstance. The fear, the anxiety. We become prisoners. Of our circumstances and our identity becomes dictated by our circumstances but when we reflect him when we reflect Jesus when we look to him we're no longer slaves amen we are no longer slaves our identity is in him regardless of our circumstances just before I finish I just want to read something I am a child of God I know my anchor is in him I declare his name And come into my strong tower of refuge. I put on my armour against my enemies and I wage my weapons of love and forgiveness and thanksgiving and praise and I see Satan's strongholds tumble. I am no longer a slave of my enemies or my circumstances. My identity is in Christ Jesus. I am a child of God. on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.